Well, it's great to be here tonight with all of you on this Sunday night. I uh, appreciate everyone that is worshiping the Lord with us online. And uh, did we pray for Piper tonight? Good. All right. And Aaron, praise God. Thank you. And uh, it's so good again to have all those who are with us from different places. This last week uh, we buried our friend Ron Dennison Sr. And Shane uh, spoke at that, did a great job. And uh, we're praying for his family. And all of you, praise God. What a great, wonderful God we serve. Good to see Jonathan and his wife Hannah with us tonight. We had a great time last night and uh, just celebrating the 4th of July. And I'm looking over here and I said, my goodness, is that, could that possibly be Carmen Stanley? No way. It is her. When Carmen and Larry were younger and their kids were small, they all came to this church. And we had every one of their kids in this church at one time. Now they've all grown up. And it's good to see Josh here with us tonight. Praise God. Well, we just want you to know we love you. We're happy to have each and every one of you that's here tonight. I'm not going to take a long time. I, I need to get to preaching here because God wants to do something. And we want to let God have his wonderful way. <clears throat> it's good to see JJ here tonight and Sarah. And that little one, she's just been worshiping God all night long. Clapping her hands, praising the Lord. I think she's telling everybody else to get with it. <clears throat> so we're had, happy to have Jason and Tanya and their daughter and granddaughter and son and Sarah. I, it's Sarah, right? Yeah. Okay, good to have all of you. And seems like every time we try to go out to the Civic Center, the rain comes. So we're supposed to be here tonight. And to be quite honest with you, it's a lot easier preaching in here than it is preaching out there when you're sitting in your cars and you're tempted to sit and chat with each other <clears throat> while I'm preaching. So I'm glad to see you here tonight and those who are with us online. I, I have to tell you that it's important that we not allow God to be pushed to the perimeter of our life. I know that during this COVID-19, some are going to lose out with God. I pray nobody from this church does. But some folks are going to get so accustomed to not going to church that I'm concerned that they're not going to 
get back into the custom of going to church. They say it only takes three weeks to form a habit. And so <clears throat> it's not your fault, but just realize, keep it in prayer. Hallelujah. I, I think Chris Ryder has a birthday. <clears throat> I think his birthday's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. How old, how old are you tomorrow? Huh? 20 years old. You're getting to be an old man. All right. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to the book of Genesis. I'm going to read one verse. You better get up and get ready because it's going to be so quick that I may have it read before you get on your feet. Genesis chapter 44 and verse 30. What a fine looking group you are tonight. Thank you for being here. Now therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life. And I'm going to preach to you just for a few moments on this subject. Jesus our life. Would you lift your voices to the Lord and give God a praise? I love you, Jesus. You are my life, O oh God. You're my strength, my help, my all in all. I give you praise, Lord. <clears throat> praise God. Praise God. If you will listen, you may be seated. Everybody else remain standing. Brother Jamie, what's going on? Oh, okay. I got it. Early in the time of famine, the brothers of Joseph, except Benjamin, went to Egypt to buy food. Applying to Joseph, who, remember, had supreme control over the stores of Egypt. <clears throat> they did not recognize him, but he knew them. Joseph sent them home to bring back their youngest brother as proof of their sincerity and proof of their truthfulness. The brethren had great difficulty securing Jacob's permission, remember, to take Benjamin with them. But they finally convinced their father, and they returned with Benjamin. When the cup was found in Benjamin's sack, and punishment from Joseph seemed imminent, Judah's earnest prayer for his father and his brothers and his offer of himself as a slave so moved the heart of Joseph that he could no longer retain the secret of his identity. Joseph revealed himself to his brethren, and things turned out very good. But something caught my attention. In Judah's plea for Benjamin to be allowed to go home to his father, he said, Now therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that, watch, his life 
is bound up in the lad's life. Judah cried, our father's life is bound up in the boy's life. Our father's life is wrapped up with the boy's life. I realize that just as Jacob's life was bound up, wrapped up in his son Benjamin, my life is bound up and wrapped up in my Lord Jesus Christ. And so tonight, I want to preach just for a moment, Jesus, our life. First of all, Jesus is our source of life. In John chapter 1 and verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made, and him was life, and the life was the light of men. Everything came into existence through him. Not one thing that exists today was made without him. He was the source. Jesus is the source of life. And that life was the light for humanity. Someone wrote a song several years ago. <clears throat> Go ahead. Let it begin to mystically be begin to play. It's not the end of the sermon, by the way. We're just going to take a little clip of this song. testimony. Just sing the chorus together. You guys know this song? Thank you, Jesus. the source of life. Everything that you have that is of any value, it came from Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I think somebody needs to join me and say, he is my life. Is my life. <laughs> Moses, 
The man of God said in Deuteronomy 30, 20, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Notice the things that Moses said. He said, love the Lord thy God, obey his voice, cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days. Jesus is the source of life. Point number two. Jesus is the giver of life. In John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It was in New York City that a half-drunk man stopped a policeman several years ago. And he asked where a certain nightclub called Hell's Gate was located. See the steeple over there, the officer said? That's Calvary Church. Just keep on going past Calvary and you will come right to Hell's Gate. The man walked onto the church and he started to pass it. And the words that the officer said ring in his mind. He heard him say, just go past Calvary and you will come to Hell's Gate. And that man suddenly turned, strode into the church and fell on his face and began to seek God's forgiveness. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is our life and Jesus is the giver of life. Hear me when I tell you that alcohol, addictions, immorality, and such things only steal your joy, kill your self-respect, and leave you feeling worthless. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Listen to me carefully. James said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither even a shadow of turning. Don't be deceived by the devil. The good things that you will ever get, they always come from Jesus, the giver of life. If Jesus didn't give it, it's not good. You don't want anything that Jesus doesn't give you. And everything good that you've got, Jesus gave to you. That's why I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I recognize that I'm able to stand upright with my balance and equilibrium because Jesus gave me that. I realize I can breathe without pain because Jesus enabled me. I realize that I can think because Jesus gives me the ability to think. I realize that I have a home to go to tonight because Jesus gave me a home to go to. I come to the house of God, not begrudgingly, not saying, oh man, I don't know, I 
church night. I want to go to church. I come to the house of God with a bounce in my step saying, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know why? Because Jesus is the giver of life. Third point. Jesus is the security of life. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3 says, Your life is hid with Christ in God. Jesus is the security of life. When the armies of Napoleon swept over Europe, one of his generals intended to make an attack on the little town of Feldkirk on the Austrian border. It was Easter. And as Napoleon's great army maneuvered nearby, the citizens hastened together to decide whether to surrender or to attempt a defense, futile as it seemed the effort would be. Well, the pastor stepped to the pulpit and he said, we have been courting, counting rather, on our own strength and that will fail, ladies and gentlemen. This is the day of our Lord's resurrection. Let's ring the bells. Let's have service as usual. Let's leave the matter in God's hands. The council accepted his plan. In a few moments, the bells were chiming out joy over the Lord's resurrection. Napoleon's army misunderstood the meaning of the ringing bells and decided they were announcing the arrival of Austrian reinforcements, broke camp, and retreated from the area as fast as possible. God honored those who worshipped the risen Christ even in the presence of possible death and used their worship to drive away the enemy. I feel safer right here, right now than any other place I could be. I feel protected. I feel security coming from the Lord. He has always been the one I trusted for my security. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely! He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid. Come on. I don't care how tired you've gotten. We need to start claiming that promise every day. You need to invoke that promise over your home and over your family and over you as an individual. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall be no plague come nigh thy dwelling. 
for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he hath known my name. Anybody here know the name of Jesus? He shall call upon me. And I will answer him. I will help him. I will deliver him. With long life will I satisfy him. And show him my Yeshua. Pardon me for a moment. I'm going to do what I've been doing all my life. I want to praise the Lord who is my security. He is my life. He's the security for my life. Come on, somebody. God never intended for you to live in fear. God never intended for you to live under the fearful spirit of the devil. He intended for you to tread upon lions and dragons. Jesus, I say this with all sincerity. You are my security. Is there anybody here that want to join me in that? Jesus, you're my security. I was talking to Brother Cornwall the other day. And I said, Brother Cornwell, we need to thank God for the hedge of spikes and spears that God has put around us. And we need to specifically pray that God would not lower the hedge. I think every day people ought to be praying Psalm 91 with faith. And every day we need to be saying, God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today for the hedge that you placed around me. Come on, I'm, I'm talking to somebody here tonight. God has placed a hedge of spikes and spears of protection around you. And stop letting your mind wander. I'm talking to you right now. The devil doesn't like that hedge, but God's placed a hedge around you, and somebody ought to start banging their hands together and start saying, God, I want to thank you for the hedge. You better hear me. Fear is a doorway that demons use to access your life. Job said, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. You want the hedge to come down, just start walking around in fear instead of walking around in faith. And that's the easiest way for your hedge to come down. Somebody needs to rise up to their feet and say, you know what? I'm just going to stop right now and thank God for the hedge of protection. He is my security.
I got another point I want to make. Point number four. Jesus is the sustainer of my life. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Jesus, you're the one that sustains us through every trial, through every situation. Come on, even the youth are going to fail. I'm going to tell you right now, but they that wait upon the Lord... They that wait upon the Lord shall run and not be weary. Come on now, there's some weariness. I, I, we're going to command it out of here. Come on, I, I'm done with it. I'm sick of it myself. In the name of Jesus Christ, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who's that going to happen? They that wait upon the Lord. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus... He giveth and giveth and giveth again. Let Jesus sustain you. Let him strengthen you now. Let him put his arms of support around you. Those who are watching, Sister Stevens, Brother Stevens, my good friends. He is Jesus, the one who sustains us. Did you know I was reading the Word and one of the titles that we never even remembered to talk about much is God is called the strength of Israel. How many knows that that's one of the titles of God? The strength of Israel. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he had triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Now, he didn't ask you 
how you feel. Doesn't ask you how your day went. It just says, the Lord's my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. And because of that, I will prepare him a habitation. How many knows how to prepare a habitation for God? Where does God dwell? In the praises of Israel. So when you, you prepare a habitation, you're starting to praise the Lord. Not because you feel real good, but because of who he is. The Lord is my strength, so I will prepare him a, a habitation. The Lord is my song, and he has become my Yeshua. Therefore, I will prepare him a habitation. He's my God. He's my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And now you've brought me to my last point. Jesus is the object of my life. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I had to do it all over again, I'd still live for Jesus. To live is Christ. To die is gain. I've had some amazing adventures. I plan to have some more, by the way. I don't get any ideas. I, I've had some amazing adventures. I've got to preach on the steps of the Museum for Atheism and Religion in Leningrad, Soviet Union. You talk about electrifying. Don't tell me living for God is boring. As I'm watching the KGB and the police and the military and people milling around and hundreds of people, and I'm standing outside on the steps to atheism, museum to atheism, and I'm preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And a little lady comes walking up and she starts sobbing and she knows she has to be careful. She's out in public, but she starts sobbing. I went over and started speaking to her and I said through interpreter, I said, where are you from? She said, Siberia. Gee. Jesus loves you very much. <laughs> she started crying and I felt the presence of God. It's exciting to live for God. If I had to do it all over again, I would live for Jesus all over again. He's the object of my life. He's not supposed to be a passenger on your boat. I preached about that this morning, but some of you weren't here, and some of you need to hear it again. Jesus can be in your boat and only be a passenger, and things can still turn out bad. He doesn't want to be asleep on a pillow in the back of your boat. He needs to be on the bridge. He needs to be commanding the wind and the waves. He needs to be commanding me and all the sailors. He, need, he knows when the sails go up. And he knows when to bring the sails down. It's not good enough to have Jesus on your boat. You need to make him the master of the ship. 
There's a difference between just loving Jesus and obeying Jesus. There's a difference between believing in Jesus and being willing to let him call the shots in your life. When he says roll out the cannons, roll out the cannons. When he says strike the sail, strike the sail. When he says go here, you go here. And when he says go there, you go there. You know what? He's the master of the ship. He's the object of my life. Colossians 3 said, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. How many know what that's talking about? Seek those things which are where? Above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. How many know that God, John 4, 24, God is a spirit. How many know that 1 Timothy 1.17 says that the Spirit of God is invisible? So where is the right hand of the invisible Spirit of God? See, you need to understand what the Scripture's saying because in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 6, it says, Thy right hand, O God, is glorious in power. In Matthew 26, it says, Christ will come back on the right hand of power. When Stephen saw Jesus on the right hand of God, what he was saying was, I see the power and the magnificence and the beauty of God. Let me tell you something, because the only part of God you will ever see is the glorified body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For John said, when he got up to heaven and looked around, he said, boys, I'm going to tell you something. I saw a throne and one sat on the throne. Hallelujah. Seek those things which are above. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you were dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. I'm wrapping it. Two little birds had a nest in the bushes in the back of the garden. The little girl's name was Bella. Little Bella found the nest. It had four speckled eggs in it. One day after she had been away for some time, she ran into the garden to take a peek at the tiny little speckled eggs. Instead of beautiful eggs, there were only broken, empty shells. Oh, she said with sorrow and disappointment, picking out the pieces. Daddy, the beautiful eggs are all spoiled and broken. No, Bella, said her dad, they are not spoiled. The best part of them has taken wings and flown away. And that's how it is with the death of a Christian. The body is left behind only just an empty shell. 
while the soul and the spirit arise on eagle's wing and fly to a much better place where there is no sickness, there is no sorrow, there is no pain, there is no frustration. The place that Jesus calls home when he said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I want you to notice, we shall behold him. We shall behold him. Jesus, you're our light. The sky shall unfold. Prepare Shall enhance the
our life. Now I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. As I close this Bible. I never know when I close this Bible if it will be the last time I preach before the coming of the Lord. And I never know how many people that are sitting here in front of me be your last time to be able to respond to the Word of God or those who are worshiping in your living room. I, I said this morning, if there's anybody that hasn't been baptized in Jesus' name, my God, don't wait till COVID-19 is over because the Lord may come first. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, let me baptize you in Jesus' name. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, receive that wonderful gift tonight and let Jesus be your life. Your life. Is there anybody here tonight who would like to walk down to the front of this church and say, Lord, you're my life. You're not just one of the passengers on my boat and I just take you with me everywhere I go. Father, I may have used to do that. That may have been the way I used to do it, but no more. I now consider you the master of the vessel and you take me where you want me to be. Let me be submitted to your authority in my life. And one day I will see you. There's several that are making their way down. I know it's Sunday night. And I know it's not that laid out. And I know that somebody ought to be coming down to this altar tonight saying, Jesus, you're my life. You're not just one of the nice people in my life. You are my life. You are my everything, Father. I, I can do nothing without you. Don't let your automobile of life have a slow leak in the tire and finally one day you wake up without Christ. Don't let that happen. Let him be the Lord and master of the ship. Here I am, Lord. I give my all to you. I feel like the Holy Ghost is dealing with somebody right now. The Holy Ghost is dealing with somebody right now and saying, will you allow me to be the Lord and Master? Your Lord and Master. Will you allow me to give you direction and guidance in your life? Or are you going to be the one that's going to be given direction? I'll tell you what, I don't want that job. I want Jesus to be at the helm of this ship. I want Jesus to be at the helm of my life. I want him guiding me and directing me in everything I say and everything I do. Father, tonight, I know that there are people at home and I know there are people here in this beautiful sanctuary that are saying, Jesus, you are my life. I know there are people right now saying, Lord, you are my life. Now direct my steps and guide my path. And I surrender to your command, sir. I surrender to your command. You are the pilot of this ship. You are the master of this ship. I recognize you as my captain and my leader and my shepherd. I give you praise and I give you glory and I, I give you honor in my life, oh God. 
You are the one that I love, and I praise you forever and always. And I wonder how many of us would just lift our hands to the Lord now. If you're not ashamed of him, lift your hands to the Lord and, and just begin to say, He's my Lord and my God. He's not just a stranger to me. When I look past the veil, it was easy to see. He's my Lord and my God. He's my Lord and my God. He's not just a stranger to me. When I looked past the veil, it's so easy to see. He's my Lord and my God. One more time. He's my Lord and my God. He's not just a stranger to me. Oh, when I look past the veil, it's so easy to see. He's my Lord and my God. He's my Lord and my God. He's not just a stranger to me. Oh, when I look past the veil. Can I have some praise singers? Can I have some praise singers? He's my Lord. Can I get some help? And my God. Oh, he's my Lord. And my... That's it, JJ. Hallelujah. Oh, he's not just a stranger to me. Oh, when I look past the veil, it's so easy to see. He's my Lord and my God. I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness.